Welcome to episode number four, that one where we are all back, mostly. This is uh, Mr. Ryan, I talk too much, but I get paid for most of it, Riley, and I'm with Mr. Peyton, where my hoops at, Arthur. Well, I can tell you, you said we're mostly back, and I, I feel mostly back. I don't feel completely back, but it's it's good to be back on episode four. Yes. What a great way to end the week. You know, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to uh, just be talking about the week. I like doing it fresh. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. That, I think that's the best way to do it. I would have done it uh, fresh last time, but we were in the, the midst of running from a hurricane. But enough about that. That's right. Laura has had enough of my time. <laughs> she done stole my internet, and I'm done tired and talking about her. So, Mr. Arthur, we are up to where is this, which is stories from our week. And what an interesting week it was. Wow. We had ups. We had downs. We had laughs. We had not so laughs. You know, it was everywhere. Do you have anything in particular you want to start this off with, Mr. Arthur? I'm going to let you go. I know you had a, a bunch of notes from this week, and then I'll, I'll kind of fill in the holes. Okay. So, you know, and I don't, I'm not going to go through everything because we take extensive minutes, Mr. Arthur. We, yes. you know, that. I'm really trying to preach, you know, keeping minutes, having a record of what we've done, what we've seen. And, uh, you know, we're doing some, uh, and and you're doing it in your classes too, a little bit of a Quizlet to review, get some some terms down that they need to know and just kind of, you know, work with the words. You know, it it helps to work with the words, seeing them often. And uh, Ag three, four gets competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you got a large class when we're in there, and so you may not hear it, but we we get we want to know words better than the rest of our class. That that's right. where we're at. And uh, one of them said, you know, probably four or five, or I guess there's three or four teams typically, and uh, one of them said, "I didn't win, but you still lost uh, to <laughs> one of their." <laughs> Yeah, so you know they're just keeping that competitive flair. It's uh, important to keep the competitiveness, uh, especially you know when we weren't seeing each other. Now we're seeing each other. You know, keep it lively. Absolutely. And this one's gonna kind of go over your head because you're not a Star Wars guy. Yes. Uh, but for some reason, one of our young scholars. Uh, mentioned that there's always a bigger cup which is a reference to episode one which and I don't even remember at this point what bigger cup it was but the Star Wars fans in the crowd were very happy that there was a episode one reference uh, but I of, of course I know that doesn't mean anything to you no not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. well I you know I don't have a specific uh quote or anything from this but one of my best memories from this week was I took a page from your playbook where I gave my students some sticky notes at the end of class um, to ask me a, a question and I told them it didn't have to relate to agriculture it didn't have to relate to my class just something maybe they were curious about but actually most of the questions were related to agriculture or the class itself and uh, one of my students you know, wrote on her sticky note that um, something along the lines of she was glad she decided to take ag. And, you know, that kind of sparked an interest in me. So I took the initiative to write back every one of my students on a sticky note and give it to them. And uh, some of the, uh, you know, the, the looks on faces when they read my note and them wanting to paste it in their notebook. And it really made me feel good about what we're doing with our program and our classes. I think it's a place that students want to be. I think it's a place that students enjoy being. And if we can keep that up, I really think the future of Winfield FFA is going to be bright. I absolutely agree. Uh, I think, you know, that personal flair that we have 
we're very different, mm-hmm. but we're we're going in the same direction. You know what right. I mean? I think it's a, you know, we mentioned this most episodes that, you know, we complement each other very well. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy to see that you're seeing that spark yeah. in kids. Uh, one thing, I'm going to save one of them for when we get to quotes because it wasn't a student. Uh, it, it was we came across it as we were learning uh, but the uh, thanks Mr. Arthur if we have okay. time yeah absolutely so you know we have a young scholar in Ag 3 that is also the president of our chapter right and he is trying to be a leader He's a pretty good leader. He's trying to be an even better leader. Right. And uh, some one of his classmates said, Peyton is agriculture. And then they, they stopped and they looked at him and said, Hey, Peyton, what do you believe in? <laughs> and Peyton said, I believe in the future of agriculture. And he went on a second or two. And then he ended it with, those lines are etched in my soul. Hmm. And, you know, knowing Peyton, it's very special. And knowing Peyton, you know, there's a little bit of jest in there. You know, there's right. a little bit of humor. But what we try to get, like, Ag 1 to see is that these words mean so much to so many people. What was right. what was the uh, national membership this year? The it was over 700. That's what I was thinking. Over 700,000 people. And... You know, when you factor in the actual alumni and the current membership and think about how many millions of people have said the FFA creed. Right. And, you know, I tell that story in Ag 1 about seeing the lady in Bowling Green and, you know, mm-hmm. she's talking about, you know, the creed and FFA and all. And it, it brings so much of us together. And to have current students talking about how much the creed means you know even if he's you know kind of joking but it is etched in our soul it's etched in all of our souls and uh i I thought that was really special i I definitely isn't i think that um you know this year's been a little different but as we continue to teach the creed to our ag one students i hope that they get that same feeling um that we're you know and it's a little different because we're not here on fridays and that would usually be the day that we do the creed and I think it's special to hear every class member stand up and say the creed, but, uh, and they're, you know, they're not getting that same experience, but hopefully by the passion that we've shown when we're talking about the creed, that they'll understand the, the importance of that five paragraph uh, statement. I completely agree. And I'm definitely not going to call out his name because I don't want him any more embarrassed than he already will be. But, you know, when we have our young creed speakers that are going to be getting ready for competition and they'll be saying it in class, you know, maybe that'll add some extra uh, vigor to the the need to learn it and the need to see how important it is. Mm-hmm. The I'm going to end on a, a funny note because that was kind of deep. Okay. Food science today, we're talking about... Uh, innovators in food science right? and the the innovators that I wanted to focus on today for their quiz coming up I wanted to focus on people that when I go through the grocery store and I see these brand names I learn about the people behind the brand names mm-hmm. so we're learning about Kellogg and Post and Armor and uh, Birdseye and all these people that you know it just sound, sounds like funny company names but there's actually people right they were innovators. They created a business and, you know, their company, for the most part, most of those that I just named, over 120, 40 years old. And, and I think that's a real special thing to see. I always like knowing more behind the story kind of stuff. And we learned about Mr. Kraft. Mm. And Mr. Kraft, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, the guy that founded the Kraft Company, that we all love for the cheese. Mm-hmm. He was a, a pioneer in processed cheese. And, you know, we're talking about how much craft macaroni and cheese means to so many of us. It's got to be in almost every cabinet pantry in America. Um, it, you know, I think the, the term is ubiquitous. It, it's mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. 
and one of our one of our young scholars in third block said what would we do without cheese yeah i think that's a fair question i think it is a fair question what would we do without cheese so i think that about wraps us up for <laughs> where is this unless you have something else mr arthur no i don't think i can top where is what would we do without cheese though I think we can move on. <laughs> Let's set our sights onward. <laughs> so our next section, our next segment, the next portion of our show is, when is this? This is FFA News, mainly poultry and LDEs. Mm-hmm. That's basically where our news are, is this week. Yeah. So, Mr. Arthur, if you would like to talk about poultry, and uh, the practices we have, and I'll, yeah. I'll cover LDEs. Sounds good. So, um, next Friday, I believe that date is the 25th, is um, going to be our poultry contest from last year. Due to coronavirus and Hurricane Laura, it's continued to get pushed back, but we finally have a date. It will be next Friday. Um, we are excited about our students being able to put forth that knowledge that they studied so hard to to learn last year we will be having practice for poultry uh, next tuesday and thursday from 3 30 to 5 uh, as well as opportunities for you guys to uh, take a little bit of time in class to brush up as well uh, we are like i said excited we hope that uh, we can do this one for mr vines i know it's been a while since some of you have practiced poultry and studied that but i know that as soon as we start looking at it um, it's going to all come flooding back to you and that our students are going to represent us and uh, the community of Winfield in a very powerful way. You know, poultry means so much to the community, so it much does. to the parish. Uh, it's it's something special. And I think every, really every uh, school in the parish, you know, keeps a poultry team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means a lot to the district and uh we're kind of in that poultry belt and you know i great pride in the poultry tradition here at winfield and i'm so glad that we have kids that were sad that they couldn't do it in the spring and still you know wanting to go through with it right now right so the that is actually uh for the 1920 year uh, you know just backtracking a little in our competitions. Uh, the next competition for this year, this actual year, is going to be all of our LDEs, all of our leadership development events. And that is something that I'm really excited about. It's one of the most fun practices that you can have. Uh, it's, you know, m- my dad used to talk, uh, Mr. Arthur, about this guy he worked with and his daughter was a great athlete. Mm-hmm. She went to school with not a lot of great athletes. Right. And, you know, she loved basketball, but their basketball team was terrible. Right. She loved softball, but their ter- uh, softball team was terrible. She loved track and field because she didn't have to rely on anybody else but her. Mm-hmm. And for most of our LDEs, that's how they operate. And I think it's really special. We get some of these driven kids, these kids that want to show what they know, to work hard, and LDEs really give them that opportunity. So for those types of events, we have all the speaking, all the uh, you know speech writing, the prepared speaking, Gulf of Mexico speaking. We have creed speaking. We have go teach ag, and we have employment skills. And we still have some slots open. So if, if kids are interested, if students are interested, you know, they can see either one of us and we would happily, you know, guide them in the correct direction or, or a direction they want to go in. Yeah, we would love to have as much participation as possible. And if necessary, we can have a school contests, you know, to find the best two. And so we are, we're excited that our students are excited about LDEs. We've had so many questions about when's PLAW going to start, when's PLAW going to start. And, and I know Mr. Riley and I are both excited to get the P-Law, the P-law ball rolling. That was a mouthful. Um, so I, I don't have anything else to add on that. That was just my two cents. 
let me one second i'm taking notes p law ball rolling okay we need we need that on a shirt or a sticker or something p law yeah so okay uh again just keeping the minutes keeping it okay keeping it real keeping it fast the the other part of it is the part that means the most to the Winfield Ag Department, the most history, the most tradition, the most legacy is parliamentary law. Uh, if, if you think Winfield Ag, uh, eight out of 10 individuals would say parliamentary law. And that's because, how many is it, Mr. Arthur? 11 state titles? I, I'm not sure if it's 11 or 12. I think Mr. Vines won 11, and then we have one in the 40s. Right. So I think it's 12. Okay, yeah, 12 sounds right, because I think I remember seeing, you know, 10th on one of those plaques, but that wasn't the most recent one. Right, right. Okay, so, uh, you know, that that's a tradition that is, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't overstate how, how much that means to the school, to Mr. Vines, to the community, really. You can't go anywhere in Winfield without finding someone who has participated in or remembers Mr. Vines teaching them P-Law in class. And I think that's that's something special that both of us want to continue. And uh, we're going to strive for excellence in that area. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that deserves an absolutely, Mr. Arthur. It deserves it. I've said it three times. You're at two. So we're, we're getting there. Well, hey, keep the, keep the tally going. So we definitely have room on the parliamentary law team there will be plenty of opportunity for them to show what they know uh so definitely want to keep that going in a positive direction and so as we go through this if anybody is interested in parliamentary law we will definitely help them out yes absolutely and you know it of course we can only take two teams so 12 total students but um you know, we still have conduct of chapter coming up in the spring. And so, uh, you know, the students who would train for that and those freshmen specifically for that contest, we would love to have them at least have some P-Law under their belt before we get to the conduct of chapter contest. Yes. And, you know, that gives them two opportunities. And I think our conduct team had, I wasn't here for P-Law team last year, but I think that conduct team had a lot of fun. I think they did too. So that, that's really gives them a lot of opportunities to really show what they know. So, Mr. Arthur, do you have anything for uh, when is this? I don't think so. I think that's about all I have. Same here. So that's all for when is this? And we will move on to the next segment. All right. So next we have why is this? This is where me and Mr. Arthur go through some of our favorite quotes and kind of relate them back to what's happening around the Ag Department. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Arthur, uh, I guess we're going to keep with the, the going back and forth between us on these. Sounds good. Uh, what? Hmm. Do you want to go first or me? I can go first. Okay. Um. This week, I, I, I'm looking for uh, some quotes and definitely some that I've heard before. Um, but one of the first ones that I came across um, is one from John Wooden. I think I used John Wooden last week in our podcast, Hall of Fame coach at UCLA. But um, this is a message that I think is important not only to our students, but it was, it was an important message to myself. And uh, he said, don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. And through things that have been going on with, you know, school and personal life, and there's, you have to always take a step back and think, what what's next for me? And then what can I do? And, and there's some things, like he said in the quote, that you can't do, that it's just out of your control. And, um, and you can't let those interfere with what you know that you have to get done. I don't know, Mr. Arthur. I think you're, I think you're hitting too close to my home. Like, oh man, mm-hmm. I, I struggle with that. Yeah, it, it was definitely took me back a step for sure. And you know, to come from the man, John Wooden. Oh yeah. He he did more for 
you know, teaching men how to be men than anybody else. Absolutely. Especially Absolutely. in this generation, you know. I mean, you think of all the the walls that he tore down at UCLA, and, and we won't get into all that, but and how that still echoes uh, and holds true today. It's it's very inspirational. Yes, you know, it, to have the legacy he had, and when you get done, when he gets done with his legacy, you know, well, I say the legacy gets done. When he gets done with his tenure, his legacy lives on. And, you know, the books written about him, a lot of times are in the leadership section, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think that really speaks to the, the high character, high quality of a man that he, he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the My first quote is, I'm really bouncing between the, the way I want to, to do this, but I guess on that, not really that same vein, but I get bogged down into what I can't do sometimes. Yeah. You know? And I have a quote. It's, easy. From, it's, it's really easy. You know, we do what, you know, one of my kids at Lakeview one time says like, Mr. Riley, you know how to do everything. And I was like, no, 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 shut it. Yeah, hush, hush. I don't know how to do everything. And he's like, but you know, you have to know how to do so many different things to teach ag. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, you do. And I was like, and I'm not good at hardly any of them. Uh, but we have to know such a vast part of a sector of industry that's in everyday life. Yeah. And, and, you know, we want to be good at all of it. And sometimes, you know, especially like when I was in college and even now, I, I really get bogged down into what I can't do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think my greatest asset is this quote that I, I'm getting from Jeff Passan, who, you know, a sports writer. And uh, he was, this was about Michael, uh, about Michael Jordan. And he said, motor matters most. You know, Michael never stopped thinking, never stopped, you know, his his brain was always moving. Yeah. And, and you know, I get bogged down into what I can't do, but my greatest asset is my mind never stops. I, I'm right. always thinking, you know, sometimes the kids will be like, Mr. Riley, why are you sad? I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, did I look sad? Uh, I, I wasn't sad, I was thinking. You know, me and you were walking back to the Ag Department earlier and you said, you, you said, you know, Joe, something about, you know, I must be in a bad mood. And I said, what? And you're like, you're not talking. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize I wasn't talking. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm planning, and I'm scheming. And uh, motor matters most, you know, if, and, and that's what we want from our kids, you know, if they can just show that they're trying. Right. You know, if, if they can just put forth effort. Uh, you know, some some uh, ag teachers and coaches would be like, meet me halfway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told you the other day, I was like, I'm telling kids, meet me a quarter of the way. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a maniac. I'll, I'll go the extra quarter <laughs> and uh, and meet them. But that, that's that's my first quote, Mr. Oakley. Okay. Well, I think it's absolutely crazy that my next one piggybacks off of that. Um, you just said uh, you're talking about meet kids meeting you halfway, and uh, you know you got to give a, a little to get a little. And my next one is a Pat Summit quote, and she says, "You can't always be the strongest or the most gifted person in the room, but you can always be the most competitive." And competition is something that drives me something that made me want to be an ag teacher i think it's something that drives the majority of our students because we're so involved in contest but you know when you there's powerhouses in every, in anything and and you know in some contest winfield may not be regarded as the powerhouse and that's okay right um we're going to come with 110 percent uh and we're going to give it everything that we have and be competitive and that's what's so special about our students that we have here in our ag department is they're always willing uh, to go the extra mile for us. And, and it makes all the difference in the world. We have students up here, you know, that stay until the, uh, you know, until the afternoon, late in the afternoon after school, practicing and, and just wanting to be around our ag department. And I think that makes all the difference. It makes us be probably what I think the mo- one of the most competitive chapters in the state. I think this community is so special. You know, the, the school is really at the center of the community. 
mm-hmm. and, and kids, you know, we have such a, a climate that they, they want to be here. And I right. completely agree with that. You know, I, I think about, you know, you talked about powerhouses and I was bouncing between where I was going to go with my next quote. Cause I'm looking at about five or six and, uh, cause I was having a hard, I was kind of scatterbrained, Mr. Arthur. Yeah. I was kind of bouncing around, but what you were saying really, you know, with powerhouses and how, you know, different chapters are good at stuff, different teams are good at stuff. And you almost don't see it when it changes. You know, I remember thinking in the uh, 2000, 2001 was the first years that I was into college football. And right. University of Miami was king. You know, that was the, the Larry Coker years and, and they were really good. And I was like, man, how how are they ever not going to be good? You know, because people are going to see it, they're going to go, whatever. But you don't realize change as it's happening. Yeah, that's and, so true. And and that that builds into my next quote. Uh, food science, we, we did a virtual field trip with Cargill. And, and we did, uh, you know, Cargill was just kind of showing what makes them special. You mm-hmm. know? And, and Cargill means a lot to the... Uh, to the ag community as a whole, but right. to the food sector, it they're invaluable. The the work they're doing, and you don't realize it. Uh, but I- anyway, that in their, you know, they're they're interviewing people, and then Cargill had their own promotional little ad in it, and they said that uh, they said that change will never be slower than it is right now. And, you know, that it makes you stop and think. And, you know, maybe, you know, some of our, our kids listening to this are like, I don't even understand that. Like, I mean, cause it, it took me a second, but the more I think about it, it's so true because I want, pe- I want kids to think about six months ago, mm-hmm. two days ago was the six month anniversary of us uh, tell, being told that we couldn't come back to school. Right. Uh, and it, and that postponement was indefinitely, as, as I think I, I fit postpone indefinitely in every podcast. <laughs> uh, but you know when it started, it was indefinitely. We didn't know what was happening. And the next little bit, it felt like it drug on forever. You know, it felt like I couldn't go and get my chips and queso for a year and a half to two years. Right. But, because when you're in the middle of it, you don't realize that change is happening at a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think about, uh, you know, school and the school board and, and the parish and all. We've had to be so flexible because we didn't know what directives we were going to be under. Right. And, and change is happening at such a fast pace. And, uh, you know, due to Laura having to go back to a four block instead of a five block and all these changes that are happening you don't realize that like okay you're in a nice rhythm and then change happens again Mm -hmm. and you know now looking back we've had you know so much change but if change is always speeding up it's always going to be more and more and more and so, you know, we've talked about our kids being resilient and that's like the greatest gift they can have right now is resiliency and, and being able to bounce back and just being able to go with it. And that's probably the most long-winded quote I need to ever do. Well, all I was sitting here thinking was I was shaking my head. What, other, what else can I say besides absolutely? But I think it's kind of fitting. Absolutely. Um. So, real deep quote from you, Mr. Riley. So I'm going to end on a, a light note. Um, oh, that was only your second one, wasn't it? It was. All right. Well, I'm going to end on a light note. How about end that? On, well, you know, I ended the the stories from the week with a a light note. So you end yours with okay. a light note. So when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies of all time was a miracle worker. And I don't know if anybody's ever seen that movie. Uh, if you have, you probably watched it with a grandparent, but it's the story about Helen Keller. And, you know, anybody that knows that name knows that she was born, uh, 
had a fever, became blind and deaf, um, but ended up being a huge advocate for education uh, and for those of, with various abilities in education. And somehow being deaf, uh, you know, ended up being able to speak. And so just a, a real pioneer in that area. But she had a quote that I think relates directly to a student that I teach every day that I love. And um, I'm going to call her out after I read the quote, but you're going to know who I'm talking about. And But Helen Keller says, a well-educated mind will always have more questions than answers. And um, today, I didn't know if Joy could ask me any more questions. Um, <laughs> But and that's how joy is, and and joy makes me a better teacher because she makes me think of things that I wouldn't normally think about. Yeah. And uh, but anybody that knows joy knows that if you say something, joy is going to derive at least five questions from it. And so when I read that quote from Helen Keller, I just thought, um, you know, about joy, and, and I really reflected on the teacher that joy makes me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I appreciate that from her because she really does, like I said, makes me a better teacher. You know, she really does. And I've had the, the pleasure of knowing Joy for a couple of years. And, you know, she'd come and uh, be with us sometimes for youth events and things. And, and she'll ask questions that no one potentially has ever thought of. That's right. And, and I don't say that in jest. I, I say that, you know, it's a brilliant mind, a brilliant mind to ask questions. And, and you were right. You know, you have to be on your toes because she's going to ask uh, questions and it makes you think. Mm-hmm. And I was bouncing back and forth, Mr. Arthur, going back and forth because I had one that I wanted to end with that was kind of a, but I think I'm going to end the podcast with it. Uh, it's just going to be a good uh, go out go forth and conquer if you know what I mean I know exactly what you mean uh, so I was thinking you know these quotes are supposed to be things that you know are are molding that have molded us and we want to pass that on right I mean that's right. that's kind of where me and you are going with this and there's a book that I'm not going to talk about the book because I don't want to get into it because you know I can get pretty long winded um, <laughs> but it's talking about it, it's about you know growing up it's about these two kids and one of the ki- the one of them lives with his aunt and, and he's living with his aunt for the summer and he's playing with a neighbor and uh, there's some crazy things happening in the house and you know they're they're going back and forth they're having an exchange like kids do like trying to come up with what's happening and one of them's like man my aunt just says it's my my uncle and he's like painting ducks and uh the other one's like and and here's my quote grown-ups are always thinking of uninteresting explanations you know and so i'm thinking about joy and, and you know that the mind she has and she's always thinking and wanting to ask questions and I want all of our kids to embrace that creative soul mm-hmm. in them you know we, me and you can get bogged down well I'm pretty silly well and you're pretty silly but like a lot of people will get bogged down and they'll try to make kids uninteresting right and uh you know, if if kids can really embrace that creative spark, you know, we started LDEs and so we're in the speech writing and we're, you know, about to start with uh, P-Law debates and all that thing. Mm-hmm. We can't teach creativity. No. But if we can encourage it and just, you know, push them and I, as an adult, if, if we cannot, you know, get caught in our uninteresting explanations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that's the lightheartedest that I can end uh, the quote section today. Well, I think I think that's an excellent quote. And uh, you know, when students come in your classroom, uh, I talked about those various abilities in, in education earlier. But creativity is one that uh, a lot of students have. They carry that in their back pocket, and if we can somehow foster that, not just as ag teachers, but just as educators in general. 
uh, it makes up for a lot of difference in class. And and last year, I remember giving an assignment where I wanted students to to draw their own uh, emblem right. in our FFD unit. And some of the stuff that I that my students came up with blew my mind. You know, and I, I don't think freshmen get enough credit sometimes for uh, you know being because they're the youngest in the school. But that freshman class last year blew me away uh, with their creativity. And I, I hope that you know soon we'll get into some things where our our current freshman class uh, can shine in that area as well but you know we offer art here and um, anytime that I'm able to give crayons and uh, markers and colored pencils to students and, and let them just be creative and and work I think that's such a beautiful thing we we go to teacher school and that's the hardest of the learning styles to hit mm-hmm. and and it's one that we get caught and I'm not I'm not gonna you know hit the drum of the of the standardized tests and killing teaching I, I'm not gonna do that but we get called in the fact-based learning right you know, and we, we all do across all across every curriculum it happens right. uh, but if we if we do find those ways to, to foster that creativity uh, I think that's a beautiful thing really mm-hmm. so uh, Mr. Arthur, do you have anything else for our why is this? I don't think so. That was a good one. I, that, that was a really good one. I, I don't. I shouldn't pat myself on the back in the middle of a podcast, but uh, you know, I, I enjoyed that. I, I guess I, that's what I should say. I enjoyed that very much. I, I also enjoyed that. I thought it was a good one, and uh, you know, hopefully, students will actually tune into this because I think uh, if they can spend about eighteen minutes of their life listening to that. I think it'll change that look on a on a day completely. I think so too. I, I really do, and uh, I really like this. this is going to be their assignment because, you know, there's nothing more leadership than what we're trying to do right here. That's right. Uh, so uh, that will wrap us up for why is this? So we will be going into the next segment. So finally, that takes us to what is this? The segment of the show that is sweeping the nation where Mr. Arthur tries to learn a little bit about music that has happened uh, since the invention of Play-Doh and I try <laughs> to realize what happens with an orange ball that goes through an iron hoop. Mr. Arthur, would you like to go first or second? I always like to go second on this one. I know you do. You really like to show me up at the end and you know what? I like it. So, All right. Mr. Arthur, we are going to uh, go through a little of music history. Okay. Uh, This one is uh, not very well known. It's uh, a band that I really enjoy. I've been with them, I think, since the beginning. And and that's what I really like uh, about this portion is that, you know, if I've been a fan of them for a while, I'd really like to showcase that uh so we're gonna do the typical thing first you're gonna guess what kind of band okay Okay. this is wikipedia's description of young the giant young the giant all right that's the band name mr arthur yeah i'm I'm thinking (laughs) young the giant young the giant and as you're it's a pretty creative one. I, I kind of like that name. Isn't it good? Yeah. Uh, you know, especially, you know, we're here talking about youth and the power of youth. And, you know, uh, you know how much it pains me to put a band name that has the word giant in it. Uh, absolutely. I'll absolutely that all day long. <laughs> as a as a proud LaSalle High School graduate uh, from the correct side of LaSalle Parish, it, it really hurts to say that I like these guys, but they are thankfully not from, you know, Louisiana. They are from out West. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you briefly, you said the history of music mm-hmm. and uh, I got really excited. I thought we was going to talk about the, uh, you know, the Appalachians and the flat top boxes. And I thought we was going to talk about things I knew about, but right. obviously that's not the direction we're heading today. So <laughs> young giant, Yes. And, and I'm throwing this from left field. Yeah. I have no idea 
obviously okay. never heard of this. Okay. But I'm going to go with indie pop. Ooh. You know how much I love my indie pop. And that's that, why I went with it. It was totally out of left field. That was a good, that was a good guess. Uh, that is not the correct answer. Um, the band that was uh, founded in 2004 under the name The Jakes uh, would soon uh, turn themselves into Young the Giant. They are an American rock band. Okay. Uh, now, I will say, and, and that's why I established the rules, you know, in episode one, this Wikipedia says in the first line, if you Google it, that's what pops up. And, it, you know, that little synopsis on Google, hmm. that's what it is. On the right, you know, it'll give that little uh, banner that will have, you know, their origin and genres and years after right. and all that. On that, one of the subcategories that they are under is indie pop. Oh, so I am going to give you I'm going to give you a bonus half star Mr. Arthur alright I appreciate that <laughs> so I'm, I was trying to come up with different ways that we could play this last thing Okay. okay this, this last game I was trying to uh, come up with something where it just wasn't true or false or this or that or, or whatever uh, so they have had four studio albums Okay, I'm going to give you the titles, and I want to see if you can put them in order. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you the the full title, and then I'll give like a keyword so you don't have to keep repeating the whole title. Okay. Okay. So the first one I'm going to give you is Home of the Strange, like okay. like a house in Doctor Strange. So mm-hmm. strange. Uh, the second one I'm going to give you is Mind Over Matter. The third one I'm going to give you is Young the Giant. And the fourth one, the last one, is Mirror Master. Like I'm looking in a mirror and uh, master. So Mirror Master. All right. So we have Giant, Matter, Strange, and Master. Put them in order, Mr. Arthur. From oldest to newest. Okay. Give me, give me half a second here. Yeah, you, I'm going to repeat it back to you. This is not my answer. Okay. You said, I, I don't. This is probably not the order you said, but Giant, mm-hmm. Master, Strange, and Mirrors. Uh, yes, yes. Or is Masters and Mirror in the same one? Ma- well, Master and Mirrors in the same. Mind over Matter was the other one. Matter, so, Matter, yes. So I'm going to go with first is Giant. Yep. Second is Mind Over Matter. Okay. Third is Mirrors. And fourth is Strange. Oh, Mr. Arthur, you're so close. If this was a place in class, you would have scored like a 40. Oh, man. You flipped flipped the bottom pair. Dang. You flipped it. So, Young the Giant, released in 2010. Mind Over Matter, released in 2014. Home of the Strange, released in 2016. And Mirror Master in 2018. All right, well, you know, I'm going to tell you this, and I think the audience by this point understands that my taste in music is different. It's not real broad. Um, But I I, I I think I'm going to listen... I think I'm going to listen to these people. I'm kind of interested. Okay. Yeah. uh, It's some some good stuff. You know, some of their early hits that was on the first album would be featured on, like, The Voice, American Idol and stuff. So it was some pretty good hits early on. When I was in ninth grade, I had a history, I mean, an English teacher. Uh, She only stayed at the high school for a year, but she was in a rock band. And um, she exposed me to a lot of crazy rock music that so, and I, I came to like it I think it's pretty interesting so I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a listen okay the uh I I swear that you came from a fictional land Mr. Arthur yeah there ain't, there ain't nobody that ever had an English teacher that was a rock singer that, that just, 
this place did not happen. Well, she was Christian rock, but she she was a a punk rocker. So yeah. Uh, well, you're just you're just making it sound more fictional, Mr. Arthur. None of that sounds real. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and that was Hornbeck. Moving yeah. on. All right, so I spent a lot of time this week coming up with um, kind of like riddles that are packed full of information and history. There's probably more information in these three riddles than I have taught all week long I mean you, you could write a book on all of this stuff but for all the listeners that means I'm about to fail this hard like. but I, even if you fail it hard I think that you're going to learn something out of it you okay. know you were talking today about Ag 3 and they said you know had so much fun they forgot that they learned I think yeah. you're going to learn some stuff out of this but I will tell you Mr. Riley this is the last week that I'm going to do this style we're going to move into more fundamentals of basketball next week. Oh, okay. We're going to wrap up our history unit, and then we're going to move into something different, okay? But <laughs> here here are three riddles, and they don't rhyme because I'm not that cheesy, okay? But from the hills of Walnut Grove, Mississippi, this woman was one of women's basketball's toughest, most intense competitors. The women's basketball program at Middle Tennessee, Stephen F. Austin, and LSU were all blessed to have her as their head coach from 1962 until her death in 2004. She posted a 752 and 308 record during her coaching tenure. Who is this women's basketball coaching legend? Okay. So. And I can repeat any of that that you need me to repeat it. Well, you know, you could repeat the whole thing in French, and I think I would know just as much. Ah, <laughs> uh, hmm. The thing is, I would have started. What uh, she passed in 04? Is that what 04. And LSU was her last school. Now, was she at LSU when she passed? She no. was. That's, that's very sad. Uh, Wow, you're really starting your quiz with a, a real sad one, Mr. Arthur. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here, and I'm just drawing a complete blank. I don't even know where to guess. So I'm, I'm okay. just going to pass on this one. Okay. Uh, feed me some knowledge. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a story. And, and those of you that have had me in ag know that I, I worked with the women, the men's basketball team at LSU for a year. And um, one afternoon, I was trying to find something in a supply closet. And it was real dark in there, and all I had was my phone flashlight, and the door slammed shut on me. And so I couldn't see anything. It was completely dark in the room. And uh, it was, any of you have ever been to LSU to a basketball game, it's in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. And it's a, a big round, uh, I don't know what you call it, Mr. Riley. Uh, it's not really a coliseum, but it's a big round arena. Right. And um, so I'm in this, one of these, you know, these awkward shaped closets that they would have and something like that. And, I turn around to try to find the doorknob and my flashlight finds the face of a statue of the four foot ten life-size statue of Sue Gunter. And that's that's who it was. And uh, that woman, to this day, every time I see a picture of her, it freaks me out just a little bit. But uh, yeah, Coach Gunter was absolutely a legend. Uh, like I said, she's from Mississippi, went on to Middle Tennessee, stayed there for a while, and then found her way back as close as she could get to Mississippi and uh, took two or three LSU women's teams uh, to the Final Four and coached people like uh, Simone Augustus and Sylvia Fowles, just incredible coach and recruiter. Wow. I, I remember when that happened. I couldn't remember the name. Uh, yeah. You know, because I would have been middle school. You would have been, what, elementary? Elementary school. Yeah. Wow. Well, here's one that maybe you've heard the name of. Um, so we'll, we'll go with riddle number two. Okay. On the other side of Louisiana in Dallas, Texas, a young man was born in 1945. He would serve in his assistant coach for the Louisiana Tech during the first NCAA National Championship. Take over the reins five years after Sue Gunner's departure from Stephen F. Austin before moving into the SEC. 
He has since coached at Arkansas and now at Texas A&M. Who is the coaching legend with a .712 win percentage? Is he still coaching? He's still coaching. He was on the bench with Leon Barmore and Sonia Hogue at Louisiana Tech for that first national title. Wow. And he's the one coaching the women's at A&M? He is. Whew. That, I know I'm going to know this name. I know I know yeah, this I, name. Yeah, I think you are. I cannot think of this name, but go ahead and hit me with it, Mr. Arthur. Okay. So, Sonia Hogue, as, as Mr. Riley, as you know, was the coach at, at Ruston High School. Right. Um, you know, came straight out of high school to start that program there at Louisiana Tech, and she saw a young man over in the Dallas area who was coaching a high school team that was very successful. And at the time, Leon Barmore was probably one of the first men, you know, to get into the coaching of women's sports on that on that level. And they got uh, Coach Gary Blair out of that high school in Texas and brought him over to Louisiana Tech, where he has since turned uh, Stephen F. Austin, Arkansas, and now Texas A&M into a national program. That's awesome. I, I love, uh, you know, hearing the hearing the alma mater have an impact on people. And yeah. uh, that was the golden era. Uh, for yes. Sure. Um, yeah. Is, you know, you are, you are in the community, Mr. Arthur. Is, is Leon Barmore highly regarded across the country? He is. He definitely is. And, uh, you know, it's, there's, there's some controversy there about how much of it was actually him in, you know, back then in the early days. And a lot of people think, give him way more credit than they do Coach Ho, but uh, he is an excellent basketball mind that is regarded all over the country. And to have him there or here in Ruston, Louisiana, still mm-hmm. um, you know, supporting the Lady Texters and women's basketball in general is, is a huge, um, it's an honor, really. You know, I don't want to talk too much because I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, like I was talking about earlier, I'm a, not the smartest person on a lot of things, uh, but I think that's it shows, you know, when they're trying to point the blame at or the point you know, like who should get the most credit. I think it really yeah. goes to show how it's more than one person everywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. What, what Sonia did with recruiting and what Leon did with the X's and O's, you know, really can't be overstated. You know, no, it cannot. I have one more, and I, I think you're going to get the answer to this. Um, and it's not really because you knew it, but once I give you this riddle, I think I think you can probably figure out. Uh, at least I'll give you a couple guesses anyway. Okay. Um, staying on the same track with Gary Blair. Gary Blair led the Aggies to their first ever Final Four appearance in 2011. Unbeknownst to Aggie Nation, this appearance would lead to their first national championship in women's basketball history. Coach Blair became the oldest women's coach to win a national championship at the age of 65. The road was not an easy one. First, they had to defeat Baylor, Stanford, and one more storied program. Who was that program? Okay. And I'll tell you that it was not UConn. Okay. Well, you know, that would have been the go-to. Yeah. Yeah. So 2011. Okay. Okay. Can I ask two questions? Okay. Was it east of the Mississippi? No. Okay. 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 Uh, hmm. If my geography's right, no. If your geography's right, well, it, it's Midwest, and I'm trying to think Ooh. what side of the. River, I, but I don't. I think it's on the west side. Okay, story program, probably going to be like uh, from the states of. Ooh, that could be like a Michigan, because that's kind of you know where where even is Michigan? Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, that kind of stuff. Oh, story program that is not. Uh, but- I'm, I'm going to just tell you, I'm not a geography teacher. Let me look it up, because your geography is obviously better than mine. Well, I wasn't trying to make this a geography thing. No, but I want to be sure that I'm right. 
Okay. So, as you're looking that up, uh, it is it is east. It is east. It is east. Okay. So. Okay. What were the other schools that uh, took them out? The other schools were that they uh, took out they on the way to the national title right. was Baylor and Stanford. Baylor, Stanford. I need a good women's team. You said storied, uh, like a good program, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So east of the Mississippi, but probably hugging the Mississippi. So mm-hmm. it could be. Uh, I'm gonna have to go. Well, but you would have known that. I want. You see, I wanted to go UT, but then you would. You know what side Tennessee is on? Yeah, no, it's, it's not UT. Yeah, so uh, you know where Kentucky is. Ooh, Notre Dame. It is Notre Dame. Yes. Woo! And they they beat Notre Dame seventy six to seventy in the national title game. After squeaking by the other two by, I think, a combined like six points. Wow. So, yeah, it was a big deal. And I remember watching it on TV that night and thinking Muffet McGraw was going to throw her heels across the floor. <laughs> um, and Gary Blair bringing that title back to uh, the state of Texas. So, wow. And then the next year, you know, uh, a little history that there that Baylor in 12 brought it, you know, two in a row back to Texas. So, right. It was a, pretty good feeling to have it close to home outside of baylor and a&m has any other texas school won the women yes who jody conrad took the university of texas in the 80s and then um uh cheryl swoops who was a player at texas tech uh won it in the 90s okay okay Hmm. well Mr. Arthur, I learned something. That's that's what this is about. I I had a good time, and uh, I kind of cheated, and you know, made you. I, I did some detective work on uh, getting that one out. But hey, you do what it takes to win. Motor matters most, you know. That's right. Motor matters most. I'm excited to switch gears and talk more about the fundamentals of basketball coming up in the future. You know, I'm a history buff when it comes to this kind of thing, but I think. Uh, you know, you can only take history so far before you bore your crowd. So we're going to switch it up a little bit uh, next week. Well, I would like to be a better fan, Mr. Arthur. Uh, and I think I think, I think uh, I'm, what I'm missing most is fundamentals, you know. Awesome. Uh, because being that most of the NBA that I'm – or most of the basketball I'm exposed to is NBA, and that's just manning up, and that is very boring. Yeah. So, uh, I think, uh, had a great episode. We are, yes, we are finishing up. I want to end this, you know, we're talking about change. We're talking about learning. We're talking about getting in a rhythm and I want to end this, Mr. Arthur, with, uh, a quote. I'm not going to tell you where I'm just going to read it. We're going to say our buys and that's going to be it. Does that sound like a plan? Uh, I remember every doubt. That's why I believe. I remember every failure. That's why I succeed. I remember every defeat. That's why I win. I remember rock bottom. That's why I know where I'm going. So let's go. Do you know where that's from? I do. Yeah. Uh, as as not a fan, I, I, I love that so much. Uh, so guys, this has been episode four. I'm so happy to be teaching again. We love education. So happy to be back with us at, I would say, about 90%. And uh, let's go. Let's do this. This this week has been, and this podcast tonight has been fun. It's been real. And I'll even tell you, it's been real fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next week, even though we've got a a couple of schedule changes um, where I'm going to be seeing our some smiling faces for 106 minutes at a time but um i cherish every minute i get with the students and i know that mr riley feels the same way and we are ready to take on next week and ready to be back with you on friday with our fifth episode of our podcast sounds like a plan i think i'll make plans to be there and uh 
guys, we'll see y'all next week. Bye.